0: Welcome, welcome back to DB and the Heave. you got myself, DB, here in Houston, Texas. you got the Heapster up in Denver, Colorado. Uh, hello, hello. Just, we, hey, man. We just finished watching that great Astros win with that Kyle Tucker walk-off.
1: Shalom to you all tonight. That's all I got to say. Wow. Shalom and shalom with Kyle Tucker's ball that he had out of the, uh, the ballpark because uh, that was amazing kind of a big, big night for, uh, for baseball tonight. Um, A lot of big games going on. Um, Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. But that game in particular, wow. What a ninth inning. What a comeback Um, beaten pretty much tied for the best team in the league, Baltimore Orioles against the most dominant reliever in the game right now. Batista. What an at bat electric. That's all I got to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, we going into that, They were talking about on the broadcast that Bautista in the month of July, who won reliever of the month for the third straight month in the MLB, was one. Or lefties were one for eighty-one against him in the month of July, and there was two hits by lefties in that ninth inning. Yordan deep off the wall for the world's longest single, and then Kyle Tucker with the grand slam to give us the lead. I was shocked. I didn't think that was going to happen. Kind of felt like when Bautista came in, you're down three runs. Almost felt like the game was over and the door was shut. But the new call-up, John Singleton, for those of you who recognize the name, he was with the Astros for a while and is now back. We got got him in a trade from the Brewers earlier in the year. Got him on a call-up just um, on Monday, actually. He was called up Monday, and they sent Corey Jolks down. Came in to pinch hit for, for Maldonado and started it all off with a walk.
1: Guy, guys given up nine runs all year and four of them happened to be tonight. <laughs> wow. wow. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, so the odds of you getting four runs are nothing.
1: I don't even know. I mean, I, I can't even tell you the last time. It doesn't even go back this far the last time he gave up a run. Uh, this is going dating all the way back to July 14th. It looks like, uh, you got nothing. I want to see if I can find his game by game, but, uh, unbelievable. What an at bat though. I mean, you know, just going through that at bat, I mean, Tucker was just seeing the ball so well, Batista just kept going with the heat, the heat, you know, King Tuck is just, uh, fouling it off, fouling it off. And I just said, you know, I'm watching the game with, uh, girlfriend and uh, I just say to her if he keeps if he keeps fouling him off you know this has got to be frustrating for Bautista and then right away you know you see him throw his arm back like man what do I got to do to get this guy out I was like watch this he could just groove it in there and uh, boom next thing you know home run was like holy mackerel this is this is crazy huge win especially looks like uh, Oakland is uh, you know doing what Oakland does which is uh, you know be the worst team in baseball and at a historic rate of losing, especially with Scherzer on the mound, looks like the Rangers are uh, are rolling right now.
0: Yeah. So here's the last time Bautista gave up any runs. Okay. So this is kind of a a weird stat here. Let's figure out which one we decide is real and fake. He gave up a two-run homer in the All-Star game on July 11th. Those are the only runs he gave up in the month of July. Yeah, that doesn't count for sure. He gave up a a solo homer on June 24th, and that was the only runs he gave up in the entire month of June. So, in actual games, he did not give up. He only gave up one run in the entire months of both June and July.
1: Wow, that's, that's, that's unbelievable.
0: And, you know, uh,
1: Jordan Alvarez, I mean, he hit the longest single of all time. Like you said earlier, uh, that ball was a smidge from being out of the ballpark. It looked like it was just tailing away from him. A rough outing from Bautista, rare, 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 rare occurrence. They were mentioning on the broadcast that this guy, you know, which is a little little crazy, I think it was the uh, TBS broadcast, they were saying he might be in the running for the Cy Young and I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. When's the last reliever that actually won the Cy Young? Uh, it's been a long time for that. Uh, has did, that did, ever happened? Did Trevor Hoffman do that, maybe? Is that Maybe? maybe? That's, that's the one that I can remember. That would have been the only thing I could think of. For most consecutive saves, I think. I don't know if you even get that many attempts at a save in the season. I can't believe we forgot that, actually. Because, I, I mean, going back, I remember that vividly now. Now that now I, that you mentioned it,
0: I do because a few not too long earlier, Trevor Hoffman had the record with like thirty something. Uh, he blew it away. Yeah, he dominated whatever the record was. Jesus, I mean. Anyway, yeah, let's also, let's get he back he, to yeah, the Astros.
1: Also, also he had he had really good intro music too. You know, I, I believe he came out to "Welcome to the Jungle," which is uh, you know kind of fitting to come out in Dodgerland. With uh, Welcome to the Jungle. They, the announcers were making a big deal about how electric it is with Bautista coming out. Because he just comes out to a whistle, I think, which sounds kind of weird. I thought it was a little little wonky, but they seem to love it out there in uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, but they do well, things a little bit different in Baltimore, you know? Anytime yeah. you criticize the team, I think uh, the uh, announcer gets suspended by the owner for some reason. <laughs> Just what? a
0: little bit. Just just a little bit. I guess just a few games suspension for that. I don't – I've, I've I don't, never heard
1: of that before.
0: No. No one has. He – one person was offended by his comments, and that one person was the owner. And all he was saying was, hey, they were 0 for everything against Tampa Bay, and this year they've got three wins down in Tampa Bay, and this is on the road. And so now they've got three wins, and this is – been good and in line with their season you know they've been so bad now that they're a better team I think they're the first team to 70 wins in the American League and just showing like hey these are things that changed our have changed the course of our season changed the course of the outlook I I'm a little flabbergasted why you go suspend the guy
1: I guess when you're 94 years old as Peter Angelos is uh you do things a little bit differently I mean, the guy probably hasn't seen a computer screen in uh, in a few years, so I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what that's yeah. all about.
0: He still doesn't know what saber Matrix are or analytics, so he's still learning. Well, he doesn't need um,
1: He, I mean, they, they they basically hired you know uh, the entire front office from the uh, from from the Astros to uh, to rebuild the franchise, which they've done a hell of a job at it. I think I think it's basically like Astros East up there.
0: Yeah, it is. But guess what? We got the dub, not them. Yeah. So that's we all did. that matters. I, we said young Padaway,
1: not not just yet, not just yet, and we're going to take your dominant reliever
0: <laughs> for a ride. They, I, they took him for a ride, and like we said, we were talking about Jordan's long single. Uh, Mateo missed the catch in center. It was a tough catch. We're not. I mean, I wouldn't blame him for that. He was leaping into a wall trying to make a catch and just couldn't get to it, but. Mateo robbed Jordan in the fifth inning. Caught one over the wall. It was a home run. Pulled it back. It,
1: this, this is the kind of win that can really propel a team and get them going, which the Astros need to get something going offensively. Um, I think we all know what they've been doing, you know, pitching-wise. The pitching's been carrying them, but they just need to get a little bit more consistent with the bats. Uh, I, really, I really thought it was going to be one of those games where we come out basically, uh, you know, put up two runs or, you know, have one run or two runs. Because they've they've had that they've had one or two games where they we put up one or two I think I think it was like that in the Yankee series and then uh, they come out and they score nine in another game and then score eight in another game just get get a little bit more consistent from the offensive side of the plate and uh, it's good to see as you mentioned John Singleton his first game back after uh, the entire team goes to the uh, goes to the White House I guess not the entire team I did find out that not you had to be on the World Series team in order to go. To the White House, so I wonder what those other guys like Abreu and some of the other guys that we have. I Wonder what they uh, what they were doing, you know? Would they would they just take the subway back over, or while well, well, the team was visiting uh, on the off day?
0: Yeah, they went to the sports bar, had a few drinks, and watched some baseball. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what you would do. That's weird. I didn't realize it makes sense that you would have to be on the winning team. It's good to see that Verlander got traded back in time to make it there.
1: Yeah, but absolutely. So I did he, realize he was definitely
0: there. He was there. I did realize that looking at everything, some of these guys with their hats off—like I it took me a double take to figure out who they were. I'm so used to seeing them with a hat on or a helmet on, so like I'm used to the bottom half of their face. And then once I saw their whole head, I'm like, "Who's that guy again?" Just having to do a couple little double takes.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, some other news out there. I mean, big news in the uh, AL East. Uh, Rays ace Shane McClanahan will miss the rest of the season with uh, forearm problems. I mean, that is absolutely huge when you're looking at things. Um, Tampa Bay, obviously, in the wild card race, uh, could open up another spot for another team to, to slide in there possibly.
0: It could probably won't. I don't. I don't think there's a team in pinstripes that's going to make it. I know that's what you're. I can just feel you smiling about the team in pinstripes possibly making it. It looks like he's even ruled out if they go to into the playoffs. The last report I saw, I, I've seen two. One said he's out for the season, and one said he's highly unlikely to pitch again in 2023. I mean, let's be honest, he's probably not coming back. I
1: mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, this could open the door for maybe another team to get in there. I wasn't saying the team in pinstripes, but, I mean, if you want to talk about that, we can.
0: No, it'll probably be the team in Boston before the team in pinstripes. But uh, he, he might have to have Tommy John. They haven't rolled yeah. out Tommy John surgery for him yet either. And if that's the case, you might not see him in 2024. Well, maybe we can
1: send Lance McCullers down and let him talk to you, how his recovery processes went, and we might not see him for a couple of years. So, uh...
0: <laughs> man, I, as much as I like Lance McCullers, I just feel like he's not even a part of the Astros anymore. He's just—I ne- feel like he's never there. Well, he's
1: certainly collecting that contract that we gave him—that's for sure. But I do love Lance. I don't want to get off on a tangent about him. It's just disappointing to see the injuries happen. Um, so hopefully a speedy recovery, but it does change things in the AL East. I mean, that's a big loss for them to have, could open up some teams. I mean, I was, you know, you were mentioned the Yankees possibly. Uh, you don't think that's going to happen, but also uh, the Seattle Mariners, uh, another team that looks to be uh, playing pretty well right now. And I also saw some stat that I think the Seattle Mariners have like 12 games strength of schedule wise playing either the Oakland Athletics or the Kansas City Royals in these fifty games, so oh. that's something to watch.
0: That is something to really watch because you're getting the A's, and that you can beat up on them. Yeah, they've got they got they got the White Sox coming up. They go, oh wow, yeah, they do. So they're currently in San Diego. Then they go to Baltimore. So it's going to be the meat of it. Then a four game set with Kansas City, Astros, White Sox back to Kansas, uh, against Kansas City again. Oakland, the dumpster fire that is the Mets. They've got another series with Oakland. Yeah, they got a couple series with Oakland, couple series with Kansas City, the Mets. So, man, they really could, they could make a real move. That's a good call. I didn't, make, I missed make, that.
1: Make, makes you wonder, uh, them getting rid of their uh, their closer. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, just like kind of the opposite has happened with the Anaheim Angels with them. Uh, did they actually win tonight? Have they finally got a win? Uh, or did they win last night uh, since they made all the trades? I mean, it, it, that's not looking like a very good deal. Higgy actually got a uh, pinch run, uh, their first uh, pinch hit home run this, uh, this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. They had a weird statistic that maybe they talked about, but it didn't seem right to me. So maybe we'll have to look that up for the next pod. It said that they hadn't had a pinch hit home run since 2019, which that, I mean, that's incredible if that's the case. I mean, I know we had a shortened season in 2020, but I don't know if I heard that right. That seems like a crazy stat to me though. That's three years basically without having a pinch hit home run. I mean, maybe we're just spoiled in Houston seeing some stuff like this, but
0: I don't, I don't know. I'll have to look that one up. We'll have
1: to get back, back to it. Yeah. Uh, cra- crazy gay, crazy day. Um, We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see if this propels the Astros and get something going. Um, you know, and uh, this, like I said, the uh, Shane McCon, the Shane, Shane injury with uh, Tampa Bay really uh, really opens things up, man. I think uh, so. It should be interesting to see down the stretch how this affects yeah. everything. I, I did see that the Astros have, I think, eight games with either Oakland or Kansas City down the yeah. stretch as well.
0: Yeah, they've got a few games, uh, which sometimes the Astros play down to their competition. I feel like they never sweep Oakland. I feel like the Oakland always steals a game in there somehow. But what, we'll see how that goes. One last thing I want to touch on for baseball is Ronald Acuna did leave the game. He got hit by a pitch. Uh, it was on his elbow. The x-rays are negative. He could be out a few games. I, I don't think that slows down the, Bra- slows the Braves down at all, but he will be back, and the Braves are still rolling. Man, they're so good. They are yep. so good.
1: Bra- Braves have kind of hit a little bit of a rough patch though uh, for the last couple games because Baltimore was. Uh, I think they. I think they're tied right now, unless Atlanta won. I think uh, Baltimore or that Baltimore could have tied them for the best record in baseball if they would have won today. Um, I know they're like one game back They're They're going back and forth right now. So yeah. Atlanta's kind of hit a little bit, of, a little bit of a rough patch um, just in the last few games. I mean, in, in August, basically uh, another thing to hit on. Uh, and then we'll kind of wrap it up with baseball. Uh, Josh Jung, uh, Rangers, all-star rookie fractures, his thumb on a double play. looks like he's going to miss Ooh. six weeks. Oh, that's, so, that's a big injury. Um, we'll see how that, uh, how that shakes out. Rangers seem to be able to just replace whoever, though. Uh, I mean, they're still scoring six, seven, eight, nine runs a game, it seems like. So we'll see how it goes. Definitely helps that they're playing Oakland right now. Um, Scherzer was on the mound. Looked like he was rolling. But, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's all I got for baseball.
0: Uh, I got one last little tidbit. There's nothing to talk about on it yet, but the Little League World Series started this week. So it's starting. I think there's just been a few games. I know as it goes on, I enjoy watching the Little League World Series. Most people do. It becomes a topic of conversation. So if you see it when you're clicking through, it's going to be on ESPN. It'll be on something. Stop. Watch it for a little bit. It's always a fun watch.
1: Where, Where, where is that? It's in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. It's in Pennsylvania. It's like uh, yeah. where they do the Groundhog, I think, right? <laughs> Dr. Phil. <laughs>
0: Phil <laughs> Connors? <laughs> uh, I think it is. I, I don't know if it's the same city, though. <laughs> what is that
1: city of the ground on day?
0: Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Well, punx, is that what it is? Punxsutawney. I know it's Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah, punk, Punxsutawney for sure, isn't it?
1: And this is, this is important. We, we need to just stop the show and let's find out. What what is going on here <laughs> with Punxsutawney Because we will we will be having that at some point. I guess that's in the spring, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Graham. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's after the winter.
1: I think it's in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, because he's on the road. He's, he's from rough. Buffalo, right? No, he's from Pittsburgh.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh. That's right. Yeah, it's definitely it's, it's Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania.
0: Harold Ravens was the director too.
1: That's a great movie. Bill Murray. Great movie. Wish you would have hit the golf course up though. One of those days.
0: I'm sure it is in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania.
1: But that is not where the where the uh, uh, Little League World Series is, right? Williamsport.
0: Williamsport, you're right. Yep. That's it. All right.
1: Now that we have that out of the hand, out
0: of the way. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, that's out of the way. I guess it's time <laughs> to move on to some football. Where are either going? Where do we go? Let's go with the NCAA. I think let's wrap up with some NFL so we can talk a little bit about a couple things there, but let's move on to the NCAA. Let's start with, as what we talked about on the last pod, and we went over the ACC the, probably calling the, Stanford. The, with the implosion that, of the Pac-12. that what we ended on, I think? Yeah, we ended on the implosion of the Pac-12, but we also talked a little bit about the ACC – should call Stanford and Cal and as uh, right after we were talking about it apparently the ACC is planning on calling Stanford and Cal and looking at Stanford and Cal to come join them with as you mentioned the talks of Florida State going into the SEC I think it's probably a good move I don't know if it'll happen I would love to see it happen Um, I just don't think the Pac-12 is going to exist at all. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, who knows what's going to happen in college football right now, uh, as we hit on the last pod. Uh, it's just so unstable. seems to be all about the money. I would say the travel problems that you're going to have going from the ACC all the way to the West coast, that's a hell of a plane ride, you know, going from, uh, you know, Miami or Tallahassee all the way up to Palo Alto. I mean, wow, that's, uh, it's asking for a lot, especially you have a game where they're playing on the East Coast. I mean, we're, we're looking at like a, you know, a normal time for kickoff on the West Coast. You move you move them to the East Coast. These kids are going to be, you know, it's like a 9 a.m. start for them to start the game. So they're getting up before that. They got to get uh, get ready for the game. They got to go through their stretching. They got to go through all that. What are these kids going to be getting up at 7 in the morning to go to the game, like for their, you know, with their biological clock. Seems crazy to me. I don't know. Maybe COVID changes this a little bit or COVID changed this a little bit. Maybe there's more opportunity for them to stay overnight for, you know, to get ready for a couple days, maybe do their classes online or something whenever they have these long road trips. Maybe they can figure, I mean, they're going to have to figure something out. I mean, the big 10 is going to be dealing with this too, with now Washington and USC, USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. The travel is not going to be as bad, I guess.
0: Uh, you're on charters. So the travel back and forth isn't going to be too bad. That's – the plane rides aren't the issue. I think what you might do, you might get some back-to-back games where you're on the road and you'll stay somewhere. And so you'll stay on the East Coast. And as you stay on the East Coast, your body is going to adjust. Instead of maybe getting to the game, showing up Friday morning, as most of these teams do, they'll show up Friday morning and they leave Saturday directly after the game. They go straight to the airport and they're gone. Instead of doing that, you'll probably stay in the hotel or you'll stay somewhere near and you might do like a week long stay. And then immediately following the second game is when you'll go ahead and and head back home. So COVID might've helped because there's online classes. They can bring their academic advisors that are dedicated just to the football program with them Think there's think there's ways around it. I understand why you would think to travel. I feel like they could get it worked out. And one of the reasons, and one of the things I think about, too, is Hawaii. A lot of times, Hawaii, they don't go back and forth all the time. So Hawaii tends to schedule a few games in a row at home and then a few games in a row on the road. And Hawaii doesn't usually go back to Hawaii. They'll stay stateside. And I remember learning that running it when I was in my early 20s, running into, if you guys remember Colt Brennan and some of the Hawaii guys at a bar down in Houston. And I was like, what in the hell are they doing? They're not even playing any team in the Houston area, but they had played, I think it was Rice or U of H the week before. So they stayed in Houston and then they traveled from, from Houston and they get facilities. In the area, and that's where they schedule their practicing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, it's a lot easier to do that with one team in a conference, though, right? Uh, when you have multiple teams, I mean, you're going to have four teams in the Pac 12. Let's just use the Pac 12, or excuse me, <laughs> Pac 12. Yeah, not four teams in the Pac 12. Uh, four teams in the Pac or in the Big Ten that uh, are now, I mean, how are you going to maneuver that around during conference schedule? You can't have everybody, all four of those teams on the road at one time. I mean, they're going. Some of those teams are going to have to co- travel back and forth. I get what you're saying, but uh, it's just definitely something to watch out. And also, the other thing that, that hasn't even been mentioned. I mean, the, these aren't academic programs like uh, you know Florida State for you know for any reason, right? Like that, <laughs> you know, where they're just giving degrees out for underwater basket weaving. I mean, we're talking about Cal- and we're talking about Stanford here. Uh, these guys are academic, you know, athletes. Uh, They're getting degrees at the highest level. They're borderline Ivy league. I know they're not in the Ivy league, but they're comparable to Ivy league degrees. This isn't Florida state degree.
0: (laughs) I mean, Bert Chrysler's out there just running around with no shirt on taking up (laughs) seven years trying to figure out what he's doing and partying with people. No, this is Stanford. Uh, This is Berkeley. These are for, for all of you out there who don't realize it when you hear Berkeley, Cal is Berkeley. It's a part of the California school system. The Cal that we see is University of California at Berkeley. And so that is Berkeley that you always hear about as a great school. Now, you know, they do have sports programs as well, but I do agree with you. Yes, these are some academic schools, but if it's just those two schools and it's once or twice a season where they've got to be gone for a week, I I feel like they could make it work. Their athletes might not want to make it work. Their fans might want to make it work more. The athletes might be like, hey, I don't want to miss this class. I can't miss this lecture. These are – I can't be behind here. Yeah, you're right. If it was Florida State, it might be a little easier. I, I don't know what to tell you there.
1: I mean, I'm just using Florida State as an example. But, yeah, I mean, we'll continue to use Florida State's educational program as an example it's... for the, 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 for moving forward.
0: For, yeah, the they're future. not they're not winning awards for their academics at Florida
1: State. Okay, I mean Jameis Winston, the crab man. I mean, do, need we say more?
0: Not not, not too much more. Oh, the, the king of the crab legs, man.
1: I mean, Jeez. I never thought that those were the kind of crabs that Jameis would be catching in Tallahassee.
0: <laughs> I didn't either, but uh, those are the ones that caught caught with him in his pants. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The other crabs, if he got them, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully he got that taken care of. He's making enough money in the NFL to get that taken care of at this point. <sighs> yeah,
1: definitely. But definitely intriguing stuff. It's all about the money, you know. It, that that that's what it points to. Uh, the conference realignment. It's not about uh, you know what's best for the kids, what's best for the education. It is obviously what is best for the athletic department um, and the ADs. And the football program in general, which basically brings along all the other uh, academics, or uh, not academics, but all the other uh, sports programs um, along for the ride, basically. So um, just hey, since one of those we're, things
0: that's all about the money. Since we're on the ACC, there's a guy that me and you, he, we're talking about a little bit before the show. I just want to give a shout out to Cam McCormick. Going into year eight at the University of Miami, first seven years of college football at Oregon, year eight and nine of college football. Looks like he's going to be playing those for the proud Hurricanes of Miami, maybe leaving with some form of doctorate or uh, MD. I don't know what what degrees he's going to have, but he's going to have multiple degrees, probably three or four of them by the time he's done there. Channeling his inner Bert Kreischer, as we were talking about
1: the uh, the former Florida State uh, Seminole.
0: Hey, you know what? It comes full circle.
1: I, I mean, mean, a lot of a lot of people take eight years to finish college. You know, <laughs> they're called
0: doctors. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we- what what an incredible deal! I think he has nine years ability. He has said he's not going to play that ninth year, but I think that would put him at twenty six years old. Um, and being a collegiate athlete at 26, if he came back for his ninth year of eligibility, I do not see that happening. Yeah, he's going into his eighth, which would make him 25.
0: So Like another Florida State great, though. Oh, Chris Winkie, except for he did not go play professional <laughs> baseball. He's just been a college football player for eight years. Hey, man, I know we talked about it. You want to get into a little Heisman talk, kind of look at some of the top Heisman candidates and see what sure. you think and where they're going? Yeah. So I
1: think that sounds like a good time of year to do this. I,
0: I think so. So, as we all know, the favorite is going to be Caleb Williams. Uh, there's a couple little different ways to look at this, just so everyone knows. I'm just going to go off Caesar Sportsbook because if you go to 10 different casinos, there's going to be 10 different odds. They're all going to be pretty similar. If you go to a website, everyone's giving you different things. But the number one, Everywhere you look is Caleb Williams. He won the Heisman last year. You've got him with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley just produces Heisman trophies, it feels like, for quarterbacks. And he's coming back. USC is supposed to have a great year. Caleb Williams is supposed to look great. I think he's definitely the front runner. It's really hard to repeat, as we've seen – the only guy who's ever repeated was a Buckeye. We don't, we don't, I'm not a big Buckeye guy, so I won't even mention his name. So that was the only guy. You're looking at some different players as well that are well, – we'll give it your top six with Caesars because there's three players top, tied for that. four spot, so we'll do it as, as like in golf. So the top four, but the fourth position is T4. So you've got Caleb Williams is at one at USC – you got any thoughts about him?
1: Yeah, incredible college quarterback uh, has not really been able to win the big game yet, but yeah, I mean, just incredibly talented for sure. Uh, I am a little kind of tired of a guy on ESPN that keeps talking him up a little bit, like he is. Like I, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, he, he does a QB hierarchy in the NFL. I'm not going to mention who this person is. I'm sure people can you know who have, have seen the uh, four letter network. Uh, know who he is and who i'm talking about it's just a little exhausting to hear him uh, talk about his his hierarchy in the nfl and he actually has caleb williams as the number three quarterback in the nfl right now so i I i don't i don't really understand that i'm a little caleb williams out at this point but once he starts playing i'm sure it's gonna reel me back in a little bit uh it seems like the hype machine has gone a little crazy I don't know if you would uh, agree to that or not, DB, but it's, uh, it's a little exhausting.
0: I knew he was hyping him up. I didn't realize he said he'd be the number three quarterback in the NFL right now. I didn't know that guy was on drugs. Um, it sounds like he's on good drugs, too. He's not the number three quarterback in the NFL right now. There's never a rookie that comes in and who's the best quarterback or the top quarterback ever in the NFL for that year. I don't know who he's got at top two is he just saying well, one more- one 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 Pat Mahomes and then I think Joe
1: Burrow is number two Caleb Williams is like uh the third best I think
0: oh he's got Caleb Williams above Aaron Rodgers yes. yeah that's a that's, that's right. his
1: QB hierarchy right now
0: oh, oh maybe that, maybe he maybe
1: he's factoring in age I don't know I'm not really sure you know he, he keeps mentioning that he is the closest thing that we have seen from Pat Mahomes because everybody knew Pat Mahomes was going to be what Pat Mahomes is which i take exception to that uh as well because I never thought Pat Mahomes or I mean I thought his upside was great but I thought Josh Allen's upside was great as well there's a lot of quarterbacks that I think you know their upside is great Anthony Richardson another quarterback that I think is great I don't think you you thought that he'd be making four you know AFC title you know four four Super Bowls uh appearances in his first what six years or whatever
0: I Um, thought Joey Harrington had great upside he didn't make it in the league
1: so, I mean, and, and, and uh, Pat Mahomes did not go number one overall, if I remember correctly. I'm oh,
0: pretty sure he, did he, he didn't. He so, didn't go number one overall. He came from Texas Tech, and Texas Tech had some good years under him, but it wasn't like, oh man, they weren't competing for the conference championship. They weren't doing anything that you thought just jumped off at the page at you that this is going to be the next greatest thing of all time in the NFL.
1: I also remember whenever Pat Mahomes was there, that there was a knock on Texas tech quarterbacks in general, that they could not get it done at the NFL level, that their offense inflated their numbers, so to speak, you know, uh, and all that, but you know, this, this guy that seems to be hyping up Cameron, Cam Williams, uh, seems to think that he knew from day one revisionist history that Pat Patrick Mahomes was going to be who we know Patrick Mahomes is. And, uh, I just find that really convenient and, uh, these guys are on on TV trying to get us to talk about them, so uh, I guess that's working from that perspective. But it just seems a little crazy to 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 say that.
0: Yeah, you know who the first quarterback taken in Patrick Mahomes' draft was? Uh, the only uh, quarterback yeah. taken before him, and uh, this is a guy. This is a guy from the Bears, wasn't it? Come on, you're, it's on the tip of your tongue. I can feel it, bro. I'm struggling here. Trubisky. Trubisky, Mitch. Yeah. Mr. NC
1: State, which I saw him run circles on Miami. Like, I mean, if anybody looked like Pat Mahomes, that guy looked like Pat Mahomes whenever he was playing Miami specifically.
0: I was at the game when he played Miami and he did really well, but Miami should have won that game. And there was a bad call in the back of the end zone on a touchdown where the guy came out of bounds. And for some reason, the referees decided not to review it or do anything at that point in time. That was the end of it. Oh, it was actually a bad call in Miami. They called it incomplete. The guy had made the catch. They said he was out of bounds. He was in bounds. And that was that was the end of it. So yeah, I, re- I remember that. I, I remember
1: there was a few years Mitch Trubisky was, uh, was a problem for the Miami Hurricanes.
0: He really uh, was. He was a good quarterback. Well, I, I remember leaving that game going, this guy's going to be a top pick. He's going to be a really good quarterback. It didn't pan out.
1: Did, did you have him in your pantheon of – top quarterbacks in the NFL right away?
0: No, I had him. As (laughs) I think what Pat Mahomes did, and I think it's great for quarterbacks, sit a year. If you've got a decent quarterback in front of you or something, sit for a year, learn the NFL a little bit, and go from there. It just always feels like a lot of these guys who end up being top quarterbacks in the NFL sit for a certain amount of time. I, I don't know why. Pat Mahomes sat, Aaron Rodgers sat, I don't know if Josh Allen started right away, who was the other guy, Joe Burrow did step in and play, now a lot of these, Josh of sat deal. for a little bit, I yeah. believe, even if you're sitting for four or five games. games, yeah, even if you sit for a few games and then get in there, if your team has the ability to do it, let them watch, let them get a clipboard, let them see the pace of the 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 speed of the game, the difference of the game, it's it's a different field. It's not the same field as it is in college football. So when you go from college to the NFL, it's just depending on where you're at. It's a shorter field, man. And people are sitting here wondering what the hell I'm talking about. The ha- size of the hash marks are different in college and the NFL. So if you're on the left hash in college the wide side of the field is much wider you can really exploit your speed and get to the edge get to the corner where you don't have as much room in the nfl and it cuts down on how quickly you can get to the edge and to the corner so it changes the field and it changes a little bit of how the game is played
1: yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna get off my soapbox here on the cam williams but uh you know that, that that's been been kind of a gripe uh we're not going to talk about it again I'm ready for for the NCAA football to start so we can stop talking this madness. uh, And uh, we can actually see these guys actually play, actually perform, and watch their tape. But there is more quarterbacks that are on the Heisman wrist, believe me, besides Caleb Williams.
0: It's uh, all quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think there's one guy that's a wide receiver that uh, should be mentioned in this. Uh, but he obviously is on is at a uh, dependent position and his quarterback is actually ranked ahead of him. And that is one Marvin Harrison, Jr. out of Ohio State.
0: Yep. So hey, let, let's get right back to these. Let's get into the, the top five and we'll get right back to Marvin Harrison, Jr. But we've got Jaden Daniels at LSU. He's plus a thousand. Quinn Ewers for UT is also plus a thousand. Then you got a plus 1,400 Jordan Travis, who's at Florida State. Cade Klubeck, if you don't know the name, he's the – I think he's a freshman or a redshirt freshman for Clemson, so this will be his first year as a starter. And J.J. McCarthy with Michigan, and he's at plus 1,400. And then from there, as we said, all of those guys probably – I don't know, maybe one of them steps up. I see Quinn Ewers – making a move there, especially in the Big 12. Not a lot of defense. He can put up huge numbers. They'll just be gaudy numbers going into it, and he'll definitely get some votes in Texas, especially coming in if they win a conference championship or in the mix for the conference championship. I think we'll see him on Selection Sunday, and UT might even run away from the Big 12 to the SEC with the Big 12 championship trophy. But back to Marvin Harrison Jr. He's at plus eighteen hundred. Depending upon the sports book that you look at, he's either just ahead of his quarterback in Kyle McCord or just behind Kyle McCord. Marvin Harrison Jr., as you were talking about, he's going to be the best receiver in college football, hands down.
1: I mean, he's total package. He was, uh, you know, it's amazing that they actually had a top uh, twenty wide receiver uh, come out. Just shows Ohio State's depth. I'm talking about last year's uh, draft pick out of Ohio State. Uh, he wasn't even the best receiver on the team on the field. It was obviously uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, he just looked like he had everything. Uh, I think he could set the world on fire, but it's going to be pretty hard to beat out a quarterback. I uh, can't even remember the last wide receiver that won the uh,
0: Heisman Trophy. I want to say... It's the guy from Alabama. Um, now I can't think of his name. Devontae Smith in 2020. He's up, yeah, he's up. So yeah, the short Yeah, was it dude. 2020 or was it
1: 2019? We were just talking about that. Uh how many games did Devonte Smith Well, he went 13 and 0 that year so no, that was not a shortened season. But back at it, yeah, obviously best receiver in the receiver in the country. Uh he's going to set the world on fire. Uh, dark horse candidate. Who who would be you, you get your dark horse candidate um that you would throw out there. I know you mentioned Quinn Ewer, Ewer, Ewers. Is there somebody it, else that you that you see possibly competing? I mean, it's really going to come down to you know two two or three guys, obviously.
0: Uh, my dark horse candidate, I do know who it is. Give me one second. I just got to make sure what school he's My dark horse candidate might be Joe Milton for Tennessee. If I had to pick a dark horse candidate, uh, he's way down there on the odds. Tennessee's had some talent. Josh Heupel runs. An offense that scores a lot of points and puts up a lot of stats and numbers. For Wolverine fans out there, Milton is the guy who played his first couple of seasons with Michigan. He entered the transfer portal and went over to Tennessee. This is really going to be his year. They're going to redshirt Nico. I'm not even going to try and pronounce Nico's last name. The kid from California who was rated above Arch Manning for most of the recruiting process they signed him as a quarterback and this will be his freshman year. They're going to redshirt him and it looks like he's going to be competing to be the starting quarterback next year. Kind of what they're doing with Arch Manning down in Texas. Arch is supposed to be redshirted this year. Ewers is going to play and then it looks like it'll they'll probably turn it over to Arch and nico will get Tennessee turned over to him. So I could see Milton having a big year for Tennessee. I don't know, he could climb up some draft boards, do some different things. But I think he would be kind of my long shot. If you're looking for somebody else, it's even more of a long shot. I really don't know who else there would be. I don't know who's left for them to have. It, it just – maybe Tyler Van Dyke in Miami. They've got a okay. new offensive coordinator that fits his eye again. They we're, we're, their... we're going real dark horse in that, in that one. I mean, if you're asking for a long shot, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, he came in. I think they had Rhett Lashley when he came in, for, who's the head coach at SMU now. He came in as a freshman. He redshirted with Rhett. I forgot who their offensive coordinator were the last couple of years, but they've switched offensive coordinators two years in a row. And now I think this is his third or fourth offensive coordinator He's going to be going into his junior year. Uh, he's a redshirt junior. He had a really good redshirt freshman year. He was looking the part. Miami changed their whole coaching staff. uh, Went to Crystal Ball, so he brought in, changed everybody, but they brought in a new offensive coordinator to work with Van Dyke and get back into the style of offense that Van Dyke likes. So they've
1: they've recruited really well on the offensive line as well, which uh, that's been something that's really been hindering Miami for a long time. That was one of the things that Crystal Ball really preached that he was going to bring back to Miami. Um, obviously he's a former offensive lineman, uh, all pro or, uh, you know, all American offensive lineman, uh, at Miami, yep. uh, as a player. So, um, but go ahead.
0: Yeah. That, that, those would be my only guys. Uh, if you got a dark yeah. horse, who are you taking?
1: I, him, sir? I, I just don't see, I'm, I'm going to hit the Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, <laughs> I, I <laughs> Well, I would love to see Miami have a quarterback because it's been so long. Wow. Do I long for the days of Ken Dorsey? I mean, wow. That has been so long ago. Um, we've had some guys that have flashed in the pan obviously, uh, at some, some points, um, you know, I, I remember back in the day the Brock Berlin transfer from Florida days, you know, which was a kind of an epic disaster. Um, so I do not see Tyler Van Dyke, but I uh, appreciate the, uh, the shout-out for Miami, for sure. Uh, I would love to see it. But uh, who would be my – unfortunately, as a Miami fan, I'm going to go – I don't know if you can call him a dark horse candidate, but uh, Jordan Travis. Uh, I really you – know, this pains me to say um, that, that Florida State, I really think, is going to be a lot better this year. I know I'm not in the minority of saying that. Uh, I really think they could compete in the ACC big time. You know, plus they're not going to spend much time, you know, on the academics. Anybody, so I would, I would, I would imagine that they would probably be pretty good at football at this point.
0: <laughs> but okay. uh, Jordan team, Travis, uh, good. You taking a number four guy in odds as your dark horse? You could do a I little better. I, I, I got, I got, no, I don't have number four here. I got, well, I got him at
1: plus, uh, plus seventeen hundred or something.
0: No, he's plus fourteen hundred. That's what we I got. Him got, at I, got him at plus,
1: I got him at plus sixteen here on this list list I have. The other guy, yes, that's who I'm gonna go with for my dark horse. I mean, this is you're going against Caleb Williams. I mean, he's already a pro quarterback. I mean, he's better than Aaron Rodgers. So yes, this is anybody's a dark horse.
0: Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough.
1: The the other guy that I would say that really intrigues me, and you're probably gonna give me a little bit of shit on this too is uh sam hartman transfer it's probably gonna be the best transfer in the league this year as far as most impactful transfer player obviously he paid played for wake forest i think for like four years maybe or maybe five he might have got another year eligibility might have been five years he's playing for uh obviously notre dame they get a lot of exposure if notre dame kind of gets on a roll they've got a tough schedule like they always do obviously playing michigan ohio state penn state I think, uh, yeah, he's going to get a lot of exposure and uh, should be – really uh, um, so, he, really he, really really he was really good with Wake Forest the years I saw him play. So,
0: was really good. He was really good with uh, – that's actually a really good pick because he was really good with Wake Forest. Wake Forest was in the ACC championship game last year, I think. But I know – They, he got them into some bowl games. Wake Forest's program has completely turned around. They had Kenneth Walker, the third, who transferred out to Michigan State and was a Heisman candidate. Sam Hartman could be a Heisman candidate here. They just can't keep them until they graduate.
1: Wake Forest loses their
0: big names and they go other places.
1: I mean, having a chance to go to transfer to Notre Dame is unbelievable, right? I mean, wow, what, what an opportunity. Every game's gonna be on national television. You know, I'm not a huge Notre Dame guy, but I I watch them a lot. Uh, uh, (laughs) Pretty much, I I watch them every week, really. Um, They're on on TV, and yeah, exactly. And you know, they got great uniforms. So you know, you know, I'm a stickler for liking the uniforms.
0: The gold helmets, I absolutely love their gold helmets. With nothing on it, and their uniform hasn't changed. It just has this classic appeal, and looks so good every time you see it. So I'm with you. They do have great uniforms. We'll see. Well, I wonder what their – I'm going to look up their schedule. So, their schedule this year, they've got Navy, Tennessee State, NC State, the Fighting Chippewas from Central Michigan, the Buckeyes of Ohio, Duke, Louisville, USC, which is always on their schedule, Pittsburgh, Clemson, Wake Forest, Stanford. I know they didn't have Michigan. They bowed out of the rivalry with Michigan a few years ago, and they didn't want to do it. Michigan was just kind of beating them, and so they bowed out of it. They are pretty ACC-heavy. They're connected with the ACC for basketball as well. Yeah. So that's where they're at. Duke is a, always a weird team to look at for college football. You always R- forget to have a program. Random
1: thing, since we're talking about Notre Dame. Have you seen the, uh, the infamous Monte Teo uh, Netflix documentary? I don't know why I <laughs> randomly <laughs> have thought about this, but – uh, I was forced to watch this, and it was actually pretty intriguing.
0: My girlfriend intriguing. put it on;
1: it was bad. <laughs> but I actually was... saw myself, you know, watching it, and I'm like actually feeling sorry for the guy.
0: I felt bad for him. I don't know. I felt like if he would have called me and Max from Catfish, they would have gotten to the bottom of this a lot earlier. he wouldn't have been embarrassed (laughs) he wouldn't have been
1: embarrassed as he's winning awards i mean when you're Um, when you're when you're you're that hyped of a player in college football on on, you know you've got a fake girlfriend i mean wow that's weird
0: well she lived in hawaii she was that's where he was from i think i think it was was a man wasn't it it wasn't a she right well the guy yes the fake (laughs) the person but the catfish was a was a man, but the actual person he thought he was in a relationship was a, a girl and was Mormon like him. You I mean, so, talk about getting
1: laid at the airport in
0: Hawaii. I mean, geez. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell him. So that, that's interesting that we got there. But as we said, those are our, I guess, our Heisman people. It looks like I, Caleb Williams is going to be the front runner there. <laughs> I'm still stuck up.
1: I'll be here oh, all
0: week. I'll be here all week.
1: I'm. I'm serious. I wanted to talk about it a little bit. I mean,
0: I I did watch it. It was a little while ago when I watched it, though. Um, it was just so brutal to watch too.
1: He, 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 he never he never actually went out on a date with her though, or him.
0: No, I don't think it ever got she, to that like, point. She died. It was the big thing. Like his girlfriend died in this car wreck. Wasn't that the
1: I think that was like the, uh, I think that's what the, that the, the catfisher told him. Uh, and so then, you know, that's why I was kind of sad, you know, it went from like funny, like, oh man, this could happen to anybody, but it's happening, you know, over national TV to, to then it's like, to try to get out of it. She's, uh, you know, he's saying these things that so-and-so died in a car accident. And now, you know, he's having to play football games and then next thing, you know, he really sucks it up and then the biggest football game of his career. And then boom, that's, that's where it ends.
0: Yeah, they told him she had died. Ooh. Yeah,
1: and I think it was before the actual national, tel- or the national, uh, the national title game, which, you know, oh, everyone yeah. blamed Monte Teo for that game because he played horrifically. All the Golden Domers played horrifically that game, too.
0: So. God, what a – you're right. I totally forgot about that. I just – I forgot that it was right before the national championship, the way it went down oh man it, it was kind of cringing to watch the documentary too because you do start you feel really bad for him but you're also like at what point are you it's like the, d- it's like
1: the train wreck right you, i mean you can't yeah. you can't look away you feel bad for him but you can't look away you're like
0: what's gonna happen next <laughs> that's exactly what it is it's it, oh it's the it's like some people would say, say that's like
1: a like a cowboy like the cowboy season but speaking of, you know, that's a that's a good segue. We'll, we'll we'll move into the NFL now. But yeah, watch watch the Netflix documentary. See, tell us what you tell us what you think, Monte Teo.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna be talking about Netflix, yeah. But if we're gonna be talking about Netflix and we're gonna segue over to the NFL, it was a perfect spot. Why don't we just hop right into Hard Knocks? Hard Knocks actually started released. Got the first episode out. As much as everyone thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be avoiding the cameras, he was there. He got to meet the, as he called him, the voice of God and Lib Schreiber, the old Ray Donovan. It was a pretty entertaining episode of Hard Knocks. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, speaking of cringeworthy, from one cringeworthy thing to another, there's no better cringeworthy of a person to talk about than one, Aaron Rodgers. I think it was trying a little hard. I don't know. I didn't get to see the first part of the, part, part of the uh, the, of hard Knocks. I'm going to try to catch it tonight. I watched a little bit of the end going to the Hall of Fame game. A couple of my takeaways, DeMarcus Ware singing the National Anthem. I mean, I didn't see the Hall of Fame game. I, I'm not oh. a big you know, watching that, but I don't know what was going on there. I don't know whether that would I mean, kudos to him, I guess.
0: It was horrific. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're still, we, we haven't got off the topic of train wrecks. The last three people we're talking about are just <laughs> everything we're bringing up is the train wreck part of it. Good job. I, don't, I don't
1: know what he was thinking here. I, I don't know. The, the, the term out of tune comes to mind and I love me some DeMarcus Ware. I mean, being in Bronco country up here, they like to try to claim him, uh, but he's forever a cowboy. He will forever be a cowboy. He does do a lot of stuff up here in Denver um, as he should. He, he helped him, helped him win a Super Bowl, And uh, he was able to get that knocked off of his career list because that did not happen with the Cowboys, obviously.
0: But, no, uh, I, mean, I, I don't I, know if that will happen in his lifetime if he would have stayed with the Cowboys. Yeah. He might have another 30, 40 years to wait on that.
1: Yeah, well, that's like your opinion, man. But, <laughs> you
0: <yeah. laughs> know. it is. It Anyhow, is.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, we can talk a little bit about Cowboys coming up. Uh, I know that we are going to go into some predictions. But, you know, here in a minute. So we, we can, because I believe we're going to do, in lieu of hard-notch starting – We are actually going to do our AFC East predictions. Do we have time for that tonight?
0: Yeah. Why don't we hop
1: right into it? Well, I wanted to kind of hit a a few more things on Hard Knocks, and then, yeah, we got a little time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers forever being just cringeworthy to me. It's it's kind of weird seeing him in a number eight jersey. Uh, That that was one of my first things to see um, in the camp. Uh, and then just Jets fans in general. I just can't see this. You know, I know they're getting they're getting Aaron Rodgers, and you know, he's the greatest quarterback of our generation, better than Brett Favre. La da de da 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 da. Whatever. But I mean, th- does anybody really see the New York Jets turning out to be anything but a train wreck? While we're on train wrecks,
0: I mean, uh, I do. I I do. I think they're going to be good. I think they are. I think Garrett Wilson. Is a stud Sauce Garner. They've got Quinn and Williams, Solomon Thomas, sharing up the defensive line. They've got a couple of guys, Breach Hall as well. They, I think they're going to be good. I definitely, one hundred percent, see them making a deep playoff run. Wow. I do not see this as just, a train wreck. That's just unbelievable to me.
1: Uh, I mean, you do know how close the ties are between the New York Mets. New York Mets fans and New York Giants fans, or New York Jets fans, like you do know you do realize that these two fan bases, you know, root cohesively together for the same teams. Correct?
0: I do, but I still think the fan base doesn't. To me, is it's fucking irrelevant who their fan base is. They've got players. Sure. It's, They've it's, got it's, coaches. It's, it's called a curse. For God's sakes. <laughs> But they're I mean, not you... cursed. They've got Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers back. Last time they were together, it was back-to-back MVPs for Aaron Rodgers. He looks to be happy that he's with them. I, I just feel like they're going to be a good team.
1: All right. I mean, we'll get to our predictions later, but yeah, okay. I mean, it, it just seems a little far-fetched to me. And then you got the actor coming in, being the voice of the you know voice of God. I mean, jeez.
0: It comes in on a helicopter, mind you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, these are these are New York Jets fans, mind you. I mean, this is, this is the quintessential New York Jet fan. Always, you know, I mean, when was the last time they actually won a Super Bowl, for God's sakes? Joe Namath forgot? I mean,
0: come hey, on. I, it was Broadway Joe. I think they're more famous for the butt fumble than anything in the last 10, 15 years. But I think it turns around. I mean, Brett Favre did okay. He played with them.
1: Did okay. Tim Tebow might good. be their best quarterback they've had since Brett Favre.
0: That's not true. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> overreaction. Maybe a little overreaction. But they have not been good as quarterbacks. Tim I Tebow won a playoff position. game, not for the Jets, but he won a playoff game. So he and won a playoff any- game for the Broncos, and they basically cut him as soon as he did. I was like. It just took you to the playoffs and won a playoff game. Like you got to give at least like a preseason. They're like, all right, this team's done. Everybody get out of here. We don't want to watch Tim team up.
1: We'll see how the, the next episodes go. I'm hoping that it gets a little better, uh, but I'm going to withhold my judgment um, until then. I did hear, you know, the other thing that I had that I had about the Hard Knocks. Aaron Rodgers saying how he's a Chicago- or how he's a California kid, but he's never really surfed or anything surfing isn't his deal and the only thing that i could think of is yeah because the only thing you ever did in california was wine
0: and you continue to whine all the time <laughs> yeah well that is that's accurate shit he does wine a lot but hey let's let's hop into these predictions so we can get right. moving okay uh, let's start we got the afc east why don't you go ahead and start i already know we're going to be different because of your opinion on the jets but where who do you got where do you got one, two, three, and four in that division?
1: We're going to go with the uh, winner. None other than the Buffalo Bills are going to take that division for certain. Um, I believe Josh Allen gets it done. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a more competitive division this year. But I think Josh Allen will rise to the occasion. Uh, after that. That's a long ass pause, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna need to redo that. No, we might fine. need to redo this actually. I was giving you shit. Uh, after that, I'm going to go with the the Dolphins. Two.
0: Ooh.
1: Ooh. We are gonna go with the Dolphins finishing number two in the division. Number three will be the Jets. 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 Aaron Rodgers. Wah, wah, wah. And then following up the rear is going to be none other than the New England Patriots. Those are my predictions for AFC East. Eepster
0: yeah. out. <laughs> well, don't, don't take off yet. We're not done, but um, I'm not too far off from you. I, I'm going back and forth. If I want to take the jets or the bills. So I'll, I'll go bottom to the top. I've got the Patriots at the bottom of the division. I have the Dolphins just above the Patriots. I have the Dolphins above the Patriots, not just above them, but at third. I I definitely think the top three teams are clearly better than the Patriots. Uh, I like the Bills. I like the Jets. You know what? The Jets are going to shock everybody. So I'm going to go Bills second. I'm going to take the Jets at the top spot. So I'm going to take the Jets going to win the AFC East the bills are going to finish second in the AFC East. I'm going to go Dolphins third and the Pats last and I'm also going to take the top three teams and make the playoffs in this division. Oh, I really think all of the those are the teams. Maybe I don't take all top 3. I think the top 2 are definitely in the playoffs. But for the AFC East, it's definitely it's going to be Jets, Bills, Dolphins, Pats. Mark my words. Write it down. Take it to the bank. Go put it in on a bet in Vegas. What's the over-under on the, the New York Jets right now? Uh, for their, their win, their win total? total? Yeah. MGM has them at 9.5 at minus 125. This was as of July 24th yeah. is what I sounds, pulled up. That
1: sounds more like it. 9.5 or 10. That, that is a
0: big difference there, I feel like. I do. I think they're going to be an 11-12 win team. They're going to be a good team. They're, going to, they're winning the division. I think you probably have to have 12 wins if you're going to beat the Bills.
1: So you would uh, solidly lay the over on
0: that number, nine and a half. I'm taking the over on it. I, I'm taking the over. I think Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers is good and is real good. He's got Garrett Williams. He got a couple other guys that he wanted in the offseason. He's got a decent running back. They've got a pretty good defense. They've got a good defensive line. They got Sauce Garner back there, who's going to make Sauce Island bring it back like Revis Island. It, I just I see him pulling it off for a good year. Let's speaking. Speaking of Revis Island, I saw a, a
1: photo of this guy. I think it was at the Hall of Fame game, was it? The only yes. thing that guy's covering is the buffet at Golden Corral now. I mean, holy <laughs> mackerel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, this guy it, played defensive back? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that's where NFL players go. Yeah, Except, Except for the linemen, are- right?
1: The linemen go the other
0: way. Well, because they're not eating 10 meals a day to stay at 330 pounds anymore. So they usually go the other way, but defensive backs, different players, they're going to put on weight. You're, you're just not running and being paid to work out. I mean, I, I,
1: I wasn't expecting the guy to look like Jerry Rice, but holy hell, my God. I'm like, oh, Jerry this is looks like he
0: can make a, Rice looks like he could make a comeback.
1: And that's what I mean. Rice and Terrell Owens. I mean, that's what I see. I mean, Revis went the opposite way. I mean, this is, this is shocking to me that, that he was uh, – but I'm not a professional athlete, but, you know, I, I could lose a few pounds as well. But still, I mean, I was just shocked and taken aback by that. But we've okay. digressed.
0: So are we going to move into
1: the NFC East now?
0: Yeah, NFC East. Um, I'll here, let
1: you uh, lead this off, Big Dog.
0: I'll lead this off. I think in the NFC East this year, it looks like we're going to have the Philadelphia Eagles definitely taking the division, hands down. I'm going to go with the New York Giants after the Eagles. It's just, I really just want to piss you off and take the Commanders to, <laughs> next, but – Uh, I I think I've done enough with the Giants, who I don't believe will finish second. But then we have the Cowboys finishing third and the Commanders finishing last. But it's definitely going to be the Eagles. I I think this is going to be a division that's going to be close. It's going to be tight, as most NFL divisions are. It's going to be hard fought. I'm not shocked if the Cowboys come and win the division or the Giants. I just – I like Jalen Hurts a lot, at quarterback. I think he's kind of the guy – I think he's the best quarterback in that division right now. I definitely 100% feel he's the best quarterback there. So I'm rolling with their top, the top quarterback. I'm taking the Giants over the Cowboys purely for your love of the Cowboys. Want to keep them down a little bit, and we'll go Cowboys and Commanders.
1: Well, the Jets and the Giants aren't both in, both having good seasons in New York. That's just not how things operate. But neither here nor there. Uh, I respect the fact that uh, Philadelphia Eagles is, are, your, are your pick for the division. Um, it is a really, really, really close, 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 in my opinion. There was a couple wild cards here. Uh, one, Zach Martin. They got to figure that out. But I, I think they will because, I mean, that's a total game changer. There's no way the Cowboys are even competing with the Philadelphia Eagles if Zach Martin is not in the lineup. I, I mean, it, it, the depth is not there. They will work this thing out. I think that's what he's banking on for the fact. I mean, he has zero leverage. Um, but I don't want to continue talking about that uh, totally. We can talk about that at another time. It's, it's a really, really close race for me. So we're just going to go with the Dallas Cowboys taking it. And none other, the only reason why, is because in the last 18 seasons in the NFC East, there's not been a repeat winner in the NFC East. It always seems that there's another team that comes out uh, that's 18 years in running. Look it up. I believe you. Um, so I think the Cowboys are gonna are gonna win it. They're they're the, they're the most complete team next to Philadelphia, and it is really close. But and then Philadelphia has this you know the hangover possibly. They went to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl teams coming off Super Bowl Super Bowls usually they're not as good. They don't win as many close games. I think there's gonna be a little bit of a regression there possibly. So I'm gonna take Philadelphia to be number two. And then the team that really takes the step back, though, in my opinion, is going to be the New York Giants. New York Giants overachieved last year. Um, they won a playoff game, um, which was just absolutely amazing. Uh, was the last time was-
0: the Cowboys had a playoff win? Last year.
1: Oh, okay. We beat that. the – I mean, the Cowboys, they beat Tom Brady. Goodbye, Goat. See you later.
0: They did beat Tom Brady. Goodbye, Goat. Sent him, send him home crying
1: send him packing. I mean, not crying. Cause the goat doesn't cry. Like that's, that's the only, that, that's, that's the other guy in green Bay. He, he or the former quarterback in green Bay. That's the only one that whines and cries. Um, so maybe there will be some whining in New York, but I know New York fans aren't going to deal with that much. So we have to digress though. I am going to go with the giants taking a step back. They're going to finish last in the division, Washington commanders under new ownership, finishing third. The defensive line is for real. They're going to sneak out some wins. Maybe even beat the Eagles one game.
0: Really? That's my prediction.
1: Washington Commanders, number three in the division. That's all I got to say about that.
0: Okay. Wow. uh, Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I definitely think (laughs) Washington. I don't even even know where to start where I disagree with you. Um, The defensive line is for real. You got to go start
1: with that. I mean, they got a really good defensive line. Good defense. I just I don't know. They I got five, four, four, five. I think they have four, four first round picks on the first on the offensive line or on the defensive line.
0: Excuse me. Yeah, they've got the big kid from Ohio. What's his name? Uh, Chase something. Who they're not uh, picking
1: up his fifth year option, by the way, because he's been injured a lot. So injuries obviously are a part of the game, but maybe yeah. they put it together. I think I think they do.
0: Yeah, they've already had a uh, issue in Washington with Eric the Enemy. Being a little too intense for the players and calling them soft. So uh, it's a bad start for Washington. The enemy just came from Kansas City. How oh, he's calling his players soft. If his, if your coach thinks that you're soft and it's getting into the media and everywhere else, it's a bad look. And. Hey. I, hey, I, I mean, Par, so Parcells.
1: Sick. Parcells did it coming coming off whenever, whenever he came in after the uh, uh, Wade Phillips years, or actually, no, no, no. After the uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Dave Campo years. He came in, yeah. called him soft. I mean, it went from a players' coach to a disciplinarian. I mean, this this happens in the NFL. We we switch back and forth. I mean, sometimes if the players, you know, if you got too much of a players' coach, which I think they had last year. Things were too easy. Um, Eric Bieniemy. I mean. He's won a Super Bowl, won a couple Super Bowls. He knows what he's talking about. I'll trust in that. I mean, if there's anybody – you better have some hardware if you're going to call out your team like that, right? And, yeah. I mean, he's got some success.
0: Yeah, I just think it's going to be tough. I I, I don't know. Who the hell is their quarterback again? Their quarterback is – what is it, Taylor Heineke or something? I think well, Chase, he's – Sam Young, Howell. Sam Howell. Chase, Chase, Chase
1: Young, I believe, is, is their quarterback.
0: No, Chase Young is the edge rusher I was, yeah, I was talking Yeah, but, I mean, that's, that's
1: who's going to have to play quarterback. Here. So, we're we're expecting the defense to be lights out.
0: Okay, so their quarterbacks are Jacoby Brissett, Jake Fromm, and Sam Howell. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the silence? Because what does it do for you? We're in a quarterback league. We know what Jacoby Brissett is. Jake Fromm isn't very good. Uh and oh, Sam Howell is like, the guy who's the wild card. Sam Howell could be good. He showed some flashes last year, I guess. So he could be good, and he could be the guy for them. I know they've got Antonio Gibson in the backfield, who's been really good. They've got a few uh, – I don't really know who else they got. They, I think they have a wide – Terry McLaurin is a decent wide receiver. Scary oh. Terry. Scary Terry. And they got Kurt, Curtis Samuel as well. So maybe, maybe they are. Well, I just see you at you know you know
1: you what they got going. You know what they got going for them? They get to play Daniel Jones twice, and Daniel Jones coming off of a playoff win, and Daniel Jones getting a big contract. That's what they get to do. That's what they got going for. Him.
0: And that's just because you're, you're a Cowboys fan. And you hate the Giants, so you're just trying to throw them under the bus. No, we no, get no, it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying. I don't need.
1: I don't need to throw.
0: <laughs> I don't need
1: to throw Daniel Jones under the bus. I mean, the Cowboys win beat the giants like you know they, they beat the brakes off the giants every year i mean Dak prescott's record against the giants is pretty good so this has nothing to do with my hate for the giants you, you hate teams that you can't beat or that actually compete for god's sakes the giants aren't even competing so at this you know no they had a good season last year but i i just i just don't see the repeating that i i think that things come back down to 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 earth I mean, this is a big contract Daniel Jones just signed. I mean, there's an out in this contract, too, for the Giants. So, obviously, they don't believe in him that much. It's Not like they gave him a long-term deal that they can't get out of in two years. That's what I'm going to go with.
0: I know it's right. crazy
1: to say the, the, the commanders, but I think that, you know, I think the commanders, I mean, they had to change their name, for God's sakes. I mean, they've been through hell, basically. I mean, and speaking just, of the just,
0: name change. Did you see the petition to go back to their former name is gaining traction? Looks like it's going to get all the signatures and might get the approval and they might be changing their name again. I, I, I don't see that happening. But, <laughs> I don't see it happening, but. I mean, what's
1: next? I mean, if there's a, if there's a team that needs to go back to their old game, their old. I don't know it's a different league, but if there's a team that needs to go back to their old name, it's got to be the team up in Cleveland. I, I mean, I what, loved- what, what, what what more iconic do you get with the Cleveland Indians? I mean, Major League, for God's sakes. I mean, if they, if that team can change names and they're not go back, I don't see the Redskins
0: going coming back. Hey, I love Chief Wahoo. Chief Wahoo is a great logo, but it's I, I, I do get how it's all offensive. Okay. I mean, bring it back to Florida State, who's our topic of the night. The Seminoles with a guy dressed up riding a horse throwing – a spear that's burning on fire into the ground to start games no one cares about that the same thing no one cared about Florida State no one cares about other team names like the Chippewas up at Central Michigan the commander's name was was a little harsh so I get that one completely
1: I I think it was a you know a Dan Snyder thing I think if Dan Snyder would have fought harder but obviously there was a bunch of uh the Redskins were an iconic franchise, an iconic name. And uh, if they can change, I mean, so was the, so the Cleveland Indians, though. So, but, yeah, I, I get what your point is about, you know, why, why do they pick and choose, especially in the college level. But I don't see them going back. But I do so, see the
0: Washington Commanders finishing third. Okay. <laughs> well, let's end it right there, here, sir. I think that's, uh, that's all we got for tonight. We got some laughs in, quite a few more laughs than normal. I think we're, we're learning. We're getting more comfortable, get more comfortable talking to you guys. So as I always tell you, like, follow, subscribe, listen, do whatever you can show the love, show the support. Heapster, you got anything for the people?
1: Yeah. Looking forward to just continuing to grow. Appreciate everybody listening in and in. We're, uh, growing a little bit here. Would Like to grow a little bit more. Um, you know, like subscribe, do whatever we do as always take care of one another, do some, do something nice for somebody else. And, uh, just, uh, You know, treat everyone like you want to be treated. Hey, the golden rule, baby. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.